Good morning, church. For those of you who are joining us online and uh, those here in the worship center, uh, we have wrapped up our series on uh, emotions. And now the next two Sundays, we, we want to look at missions. And uh, I know when we think of missions, we think of many different uh, ideas go through our mind. And so I want to clarify what I mean by missions. Uh, so keep that in mind, as well as I want us to understand, just as I, I see the view of people have different understandings of mission, we have a total different understanding of COVID-19. We have those that are on this spectrum of, man, it is not real, it is fake. And we have those that are saying, no, it is very real. Family member has died from it. Yeah, it is real stuff, and we're very cautious. Uh, it's a real thing. And so we have these, these spectrums. We have these different pictures. And then another equation to this that I want to look at this morning is our everyday life, the routines that we do. COVID has rocked some of those routines. Now we're back into a, a COVID-19 routine. And we do the things that we do every day. You know, we get up, we get ready for work or for school, or, you know, we do the routines. Every day we have these routines. If it's going to the coffee shop, getting your coffee, going to work, you know, getting gas, all those things that we do every day. What I want to do this morning is I want to take mission, I want to take COVID-19, and I want to take your routines. And I want to bring it alive. And I can't do that, but I know God can. And so my desire is to, to bring that together and see what that looks like. Because I believe life can be life to the fullest, as John 10.10 says, if we take hold of what this truth is saying. So this morning I want us to look at a passage of Scripture in the Gospel of John. And the Gospel of John is just so exciting. It is full of the exciting words of, the, of Jesus Christ, of who he is, the miracles that he's done. But Jesus says these words in verse 12 of chapter 14. So I want us to look at that this morning and see if we can understand it. Because I do believe it will impact our lives if we grasp hold of this. Heavenly Father, I pray that uh, your spirit would speak today, that you would give me words to say that we would move forward in what you've called us to. I ask in Jesus' name, amen. So hopefully you got John chapter 14, uh, verse 12. Jesus is wrapping up uh, his uh, days on earth. He knows he is going to die. He knows he's going to die a cruel death on a cross to be crucified, buried, and then rise on that third day, hang out with his disciples for a time, and then ascend into heaven. So he says this to them, because they already said, Jesus, I don't know where you're going, and Jesus tells them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, and he says, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me, now, just think about that for a moment. Whoever believes in me, whoever professes with his mouth that Jesus is Lord, believes in his heart that God raised him from the dead, whoever believes in me. So it's not just the disciples. It's, it's every believer. 
This is a huge impact. If you get a hold of this, every believer who believes in me, he says, will also do the works that I do. And not just the works that I do, you'll do greater works than these. Whoa. Because I'm going to the Father. And if I go to the Father, I'm going to send your Holy Spirit, and this is going to be an amazing thing. And then he, he says this, Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Everything we ask is to bring glory to the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. So I always ask my question when I pray, do I ask Jesus be glorified in this situation? Do we ask for his kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven? Are we glorifying him? But what does it mean I will do greater things than Jesus? I will do greater things than Jesus. I mean, you look at the, the beginning of this letter of the Gospel of John. I mean, he turned water into wine. I'm going to do greater things. I am going to turn not just water into wine, man. I'm, you know, what are we going to do? Jesus read the mind of a Samaritan woman. He knew what she was thinking. She knew, he knew the woman. We're going to do greater things than that. He healed the official son, a crippled man. He fed, he fed 5,000, what, with five loaves and two fishes. Man, I'm going to do greater than that. I'm going to do three loaves and one fish. What did he mean when he said, you are going to do greater things than I? Is it miracles? Is it healing? Is that what the greater things that we are going to do? And that's what we're asking for in his name, and it's going to happen? Don't get me wrong. I believe in healing and miracles. But we, what we do need to do is we need to take, when we don't understand a, a passage, we need to take a passage that's more clear to clarify what it is meaning. So if I were to go to, to the book of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 12, it talks about the spiritual gifts. But it's the same God who empowers them in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. And he goes on and lists utters of wisdom, knowledge, of faith, another gift of healing by one spirit, another a working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another ability to distinguish between spirits. These are all empowered in verse 11 by the one and same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. So we know from scripture that not everybody is going to have the gifts of miracles and healing. So if it isn't the miracles and healing that he's talking about, and that can happen, but every believer 
is going to be able to do this. What is he talking about? One theologian put it this way to help grasp hold of what he is doing. The day of Pentecost witnessed the first fulfillment of this prophecy. The kingdom expanded. It has been fulfilled also in every great moral and spiritual victory. Every revival is an instance of this greater thing. Every mission field has been a witness to this greatest thing. In the worldwide extent of Christianity, their work is greater even than any which he himself did in the flesh. Every child, adult, confessing, in discovering, confessing their faith in Jesus is done a greater thing. The gospel being spread. He has left his kingdom one of the smallest. He has left his kingdom one of the smallest of the influences on the earth. And it has flourished and continue to grow around the world. The gospel is being impacted around the world today. Whatever numbers you want to clarify and say, it's this many numbers or this many numbers. If it's two billion, whatever it is, it's big. The Christianity has grown. We have done greater things than Jesus did. It is a mighty kingdom where Jesus reigns. See, if we understand it fully, give, let me give you another verse to help clarify. In, in John chapter 10, the, the Sadducees were asking Jesus, okay, tell us who you are. If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. And Jesus answered, I've told you, you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, bear witness about me. The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me. We are to bear witness. Jesus says, look at all the things that I'm doing. If you just believe that, Thomas. Going back to John 14. Jesus said we would do greater works. We're going to point more people to Jesus. To spread his kingdom as it bursts forth. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. He says, let me read it. <clears throat> you will receive power from on high, from the Holy Spirit, when he has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses. You're going to be my witnesses. When the Holy Spirit comes, people... You're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, to the ends of the earth. <laughs> the God of this universe, the great and mighty God who created this world, says this kingdom that started in Jerusalem, it is going to spread. It is going to change this world as his kingdom comes on, from heaven as it is on earth. From to earth as it is on heaven. Let me get that right. Uh, <laughs> uh, and we see this happening. Okay, we see it happening. Acts chapter 4. As they the, the guards and Sadducees are not happy with the gospel, okay? And, and so these guys are, the disciples are preaching Jesus. Okay, 
They were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And then they got put in prison uh, for doing that. But in verse 4, But many of those who had heard the message believed, and the number of men that came about, ah, about 5,000 came to Jesus. That is exciting stuff. When we see the gospel being spread through persecution, because of what God is doing, we are joining God in his work. We are doing greater things. In Matthew 28, 19, again, he is going. He's given his last words. He says, all authority in heaven and on earth have been given to me. Therefore, go. Go, therefore. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you to the end of the age. People, I am there, he says. One preacher said it this way, everything we do as a follower of Christ, every believer has this ability to do greater things, as that is to point people to Jesus. To point people to Jesus. Why does MRAC exist? Why does this church exist? It is to point people to Jesus. I mean, yes, we love getting together and worshiping Jesus, the great Redeemer that we have. But, oh, people, that doesn't stop there. It doesn't stay there. It's not that, oh, we just, let's just keep taking in the Word of God. This is awesome. We just feed ourselves in the Word of God. We don't stop there. We have a mission. God has called us to a mission in our everyday COVID routine life. He has called you and me. Our mission, if we choose to accept it, it really is no option as a follower of Christ. If you are a follower of Jesus, you are commanded to go. And how do, let me give you some encouraging words, some handles to hold on to. What does it mean to have this call to this mission in COVID-19 everyday routine? One of them is the moment you give your life to Jesus. The moment you give your life to Jesus, your transformed life points to Jesus. So number one handle is your transformed life. Because you need to realize you cannot live this Christian life on your own. You need Jesus. You can't be good enough. We need Jesus. And so in 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, you are a new creation. Yes, amen. You can say amen in your homes. We are a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Now, to grasp hold of this a little more, another passage to understand what God does when he comes and takes up residence in your home. 1 Thessalonians 5.23. He says, Now may the God of peace, the God of peace himself, he is going to sanctify you completely. Whoa. Sanctify means make you holy. He's going to change you. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, he who calls you, he who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. Again, this is this transformed life comes as we come under the reign of Jesus. We allow him the lordship in our life. He changes us. 
as we say, he says do this, I step out and I do it because I'm trusting Jesus. I am trusting what Jesus says. And I have found right from day one when I gave my life to Jesus, I could trust him. Whatever he said, what he said, it I could trust him. He is faithful. Our transformed life points people to Jesus. If life isn't changing, we got a problem. <laughs> Why isn't life changing? Did we get to a place where you said, God, I'm not going to do that? See, when we come and we allow the Spirit to come in, He gives us freedom. And he starts changing us from the inside out. When we quench the spirit, when we say no to God, life in our routine of COVID-19, we get frustrated. Allow Jesus to come in and transform. You know, some of you know my story. I was, what I said, digging my way to hell. I wanted nothing to do with Jesus. My parents were preaching at me. I didn't want Jesus. I said, Jesus, I don't want you. Just leave me alone. But one night, I came to a place, sitting on a couch, my parents and my dad leading me in a simple prayer. And I asked Jesus, I said, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I had to acknowledge that. I'm like, that's no problem. The police always reminded me I was a no good. And so I prayed. I asked Jesus to come in, take control of my life. He changed my life. Even to the point that I was working in this shop. I had quit school. I was working in this shop. And uh, the boss told me, hey, go get that car, customer's car, and drive it into the shop. And so I went in and got it. And he came out of his office. And so I rolled down the window. And he looked me in the eyes and said, you got religion? I'm like, well, I gave my life to Jesus. I was mortified even that he actually saw my life had changed. That I was being watched of what it was to, to be a disciple, to be a follower of Jesus. Your transformed life points people to Jesus. It does. So recognize this call to mission that God has given you to join this, this movement of God not just some little community of saying, hey, this is just, let's get together. This is a movement of God that he started that day when he rose from the dead and said, man, we are going forth and you're going to do greater things than I. This gospel is going to spread beyond Jerusalem. It's going to go to the ends of the earth and I want you to join me. Call to mission to point people to him. It's sort of like those arrows now in the stores. You know, you follow the arrows. I was in Home Depot, and uh, I followed the arrow to a, a worker and said, hey, I'm looking for this thing. He said, oh, it's around the other room and he, he, in the other lane. And so he, he walks through, and I'm like, oh, we're going the wrong direction. He goes, yeah, everybody does. And that's our world today. Everybody's going their own direction. But a follower of Jesus always points people to Jesus. In a world of confusion, you are pointing them to Jesus. So your transformed life 
is important. Secondly, another handle that you recognize as you will naturally do as a follower of Jesus is you'll have love one for another. So even in COVID-19, you love the body of Christ. They will know we are Christians. They will know we are his disciples. Uh, John 13, verse 34, or 35. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you love for, if you have love one for another. This is a supernatural thing. I mean, to love me, it takes a supernatural love. I have my problems. I have my issues. It's a supernatural love to love one another. And so again, even with our love one for another, Jesus says, they will know you are my disciples, how you have love for each other. Because we're on the same mission. We have the same God. We don't all dress the same. We don't all say the same words. But we have love for each other. And they will know that you are a follower of Christ by your love. It will change. That does tell us some things, though, that we do need to love one another. If we don't, may the Spirit of God speak to you that everything we do points to Jesus. A supernatural love. One last handle to, to wrap this up, and, and that is that we're actually making disciples. And a disciple is literally, historically in the Bible times, it was one that would not just do the teaching, they would imitate both his life and teaching. So they would follow Jesus, imitate his life and his teaching. So you are a disciple, you need to live in such a way that they could imitate how you live. We are to go. Jesus said, all authority, in Matthew 28, 18, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. I want you to go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you to the end of the age. Again, God's promise. He goes, I'm not calling you and leaving you. I am calling you to this mission, and I am with you in the mission. We're actually joining his mission. So to make disciples, and it's simple as starting in your everyday COVID-19 routines with your spouse, with your children, with your neighbors, with your coworkers. You live a life imitating what it is to walk with Jesus. Your life is with Jesus. Your life that's transformed, that you can speak the gospel. Our lives shows them, points them to Jesus. Our love for each other points them to Jesus. And the words we speak point them to Jesus. Because we are a disciple of Jesus. We, we make disciples. That's what we do. We are called to mission. We are disciples. We make disciples. Start with your kids. Start with your neighbors. Live out this transformed life. Love one another. And speak the gospel to those around you. 
This is good news. This is exciting news that changes people's lives. So will you join me? Will you join Jesus in this call to mission? It, it's, it's, it is not an option. This is not an option as a follower. For everyone who believes in me, you're going to do greater things. He is going to take your COVID-19 everyday routine and bring it alive with a mission. When I get up in the morning, God, who are you going to bring into my life? Who is walking alongside me that I need to live? And he will show you things. He's going to have things that this fallen world will bring into your life. How you respond to them, point people to Jesus or to yourself. We're called to point to Jesus. How you respond is how your relationship with Jesus is. That's his prayer that we would be one in John 17. My prayer is that each one of us, listening or here, would hear the call to awaken their own soul and say, I'm in. Some of you, it's literally saying, Lord Jesus, I ask you for your kingdom to come in my life as it is in heaven. Lord Jesus, will you come and fill me with your Holy Spirit and I choose by your Spirit to love one another. Lord Jesus, will you come and fill me with your Holy Spirit that grant me the boldness to proclaim the truth that I am not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God for salvation. Is that your prayer? Will you join me in the mission? MRAC on a mission to bring the gospel to our cities, to our homes, to this world. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would move in our own hearts the things that we've been holding on to, the things of this world that have been weighing us down. We've been stuck in a routine. And Lord, I ask by your Holy Spirit, would you move in us as we surrender our lives to you and we accept the call that you've called us to transform our lives that the world may see you. Lord, give us the love, that supernatural love, one for another, that the world will know we are your disciples. And Lord, give us the boldness that we would proclaim this gospel this great message to the world around us, to our own children. We ask this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks for joining us. May you know the power of the resurrected Lord.